Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and one of our absolute favorite Pioneer grinders. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm the uh, cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and I'm not sure if we ever had this guest on during... (laughs) <laughs> Our uh, Brews episode before, I know we've had a couple uh, people from Tag Team, but I'm not sure we had this one. So, guest, have you been on this for the Brew episode before? No, I'm kind of new here. I, I have never been on the podcast, actually, before, you know. <laughs> it's, it's almost... So, for anyone who doesn't recognize that that voice, that is uh, this is Claudio joining us here. Yeah. It's almost uh, like I'm a host by now, you know. But is this your first time on yeah. the Brew episode? No, it's not, actually. I think I was on for... A couple sets ago, maybe. Uh, I, I know, the set that yeah. Talia was... We had we Ekaros on a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always funny having Ekaros on. Yeah, uh, it, it's nice, because I'll, be, I'll like, go through a deck list and I'll be like, wow, this actually looks really good. I want to try this out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like I got this uh, you know, this great grinder saying this deck looks like he's something he'll play. And then I'll see Ryan go through this just like absolute jank. And at the end, Akros will be like, that looks cool. I'll try that yeah. out sometime. I'm like, oh, no, he, he's, just, he's just being polite. <laughs> <laughs> he says that to everybody. I lost all faith in you, Akros. <laughs> like, I thought that was a legitimate compliment, yeah. but now I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you guys haven't understood, you know, last week was our set review. That means we are diving into our first brews, first views of the brand new set, Neon G- Dynasty yeah. Kamigawa. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, yes. Almost said Neon Genesis, but that, that's something else. Um, uh, so yeah, this this is a uh, first after the first week of things being out. You know, we're always brewing. We're always trying to find fun new things to play in the format as well as possibly break it. And uh, this is a kind of our first draft of brews. We always uh we take like a little bit of an eye into it. We want to try out where we can really see some new cards. Um, there were definitely some places where we could have just taken an old list and added like one new card that's going to power it up. But I think that we tried to be a little bit more creative than that. See what might actually be big changes, big things to break, or things we've always wanted to brew around in the format. And we just took a dive at it. So we've all got two or three lists that we wanted to run through. Um, and basically we'll just go through our list one at a time. We'll talk to each other, talk about our brewing process, what the cards are. As well as give each other some critiques. Be like, hey, did you try this? Do you think this would be better, etc. Um, and another thing I wanted to add in real quick before we get started. Uh, I know everybody kind of chose their own decks to, to brew with. And there's actually some cards. We had some overlap cards that I wanted to brew with that I didn't get to brew with. So before we start, hmm. I just wanted to kind of talk about the cards that I'm kind of excited for that I want to brew around. And then maybe okay. you know, if you guys have anything else that you want to brew around that you know you couldn't talk about today, we can do that before we start. So um, uh, I want to brew around Mech Titan Core. I did make a brew for that mm. today. Not sure if it's going to be a good one, but I'll talk about that. Uh, I want to brew around Grease Fang because I think that sounds like a really fun card. And I also want to uh, brew around Ishin, the Two Heavens is One, which is like the double triggers, I think, for... Uh, activated abilities, I want to say. Uh, for attacking... Attacking creatures. A- anyone's creatures attacking. Yeah. yeah. I'm working on that one for EDH, I think, but uh, not for Pioneer. Yeah, so those are those are like three cards that I would like to brew with uh, going ahead, you know, into this format. But how about you guys? What what cards maybe... Maybe you're talking about it today, but maybe you're not. What cards are you excited to brew with? Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I think the, the most fun cards to brew with the set are like just the artifacts and enchantments because they're like the main focus right so mm-hmm. and there's like a ton of stuff like that is based around synergy which is something i really like that's why i like to play like incarnation decks like that because this is like a synergistic deck blood like they're mm-hmm. the blood decks and stuff so i think there's a lot of room to explore in like those kind of strategies which is pretty pretty fun for me yeah I've been trying a few things, you know, not everything's been working, but there's definitely some things I want to go deeper on. Uh, I do really like a lot of the sagas, um, the Restoration of Ganjo. I've had mm-hmm. that in a couple lists I'm trying out. I didn't get it in one of them today, but it's a card I like. Uh, I keep trying to make things work with Mindlink mech. That one's kind of cool. Uh, and I've been playing with a couple of the invokes, you know, the white one. I've got a deck for the red one. I've got a deck for the green one. Uh, I don't know about the other two, blue and black, but... Mm. Maybe I'll find a home for them eventually, just to, just to have one of each kind. Mm. Yeah, so I, I definitely 
want to brew. I'm excited to brew with these. But let's talk about our brews that we came up with today. So I have... All right, and I'm usually going to pass it off to you. You know, we, we call you our Timmy, but I know you always bring some spice when it comes to the brew episode. So interested to see what you got this time. And I told you no black-white token, so hopefully yes. that's not what you're going to yes. start with. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I got three decks that I want to talk about. Uh, I have one that's pretty competitive that I just kind of took from... Um, what was it? The uh, God of Frontier that I... Uh, I liked and I just updated it. And then I have two mm-hmm. other ones that I, I brewed. So I think I'm going to talk about my jankiest deck first. And that's going to be Five Color Humans. So if you guys want to click on the link, you can take a, a look at that. I should have that up on the uh, pod live chat for anybody that's listening. So we're going to pin all these uh, lists. And if you want to check them out afterwards, you can find them on there. If you follow us on Twitter, we'll also, we're being hosted on, I think it's Untapped Leagues. They should be able to show... Uh, the links to the deck lists there as well. So I know that I, there's been some five-color human decks out there already, and so I actually have uh, restrained myself from going online and looking at other people's brews just so I don't get, like, tainted. Um, and, okay. And you can definitely tell from this uh, garbage pile called five-color humans. <laughs> so it's a, co- oh it's a collected company deck. And, you know, I, I, I decided, you know, what, what's under three that I could play that's worth playing? And so when I started building, I'm like, you know what? There's actually quite a lot of legendaries here. Why don't I just go all in on the legendary thing and add in Mox Ambers as well, um, which I, I put four of in here. And then we have the, the mana base, which allows this. Uh, we have Secluded Courtyard. We have Unclaimed Territory. We have Mana Confluence. And then we have a, a smattering of uh, other Shocklands and Pathways and stuff to kind of... Uh, uh, I, I, I did not check the uh, Mana Base, by the way. I just kind of threw it together. It looked good. So um, that probably will have to be fixed. But anyways... I mean, when you've got eight cards that uh, tap for any color... It, it's probably fine. It doesn't get too hard to make yeah, your mana. Yeah, probably yeah. fine. So, um, yeah, Mox Amber. It's a Mox Amber Collected Company deck. And uh, you know you gotta have some early one drops. So I got Kithions, two Kithion Hero of Akros in there. I have two Ovia Pastries, Sage Life Crafter, uh, and then uh, after that I have some two drops. Uh, we got Cheville, Bane of Monsters, uh, as a one-off. Uh, we have Catilda, Dawnheart Prime. She has protection werewolves and human creatures become mana dorks basically of any color, like uh, Birds of Paradise, and she can also put a counter. And each each uh, uh, creature as well for six mana. So I figured, you know. So so it's not actually any color. It's any color that that creature is. Yeah. So, so there, you, herself is green white. So you can definitely yeah, green and white. But you can pretty much make any creature color. You know, any color with this set because I have every color of the rainbow here. I call it rainbow humans, by the way. Hmm. Uh, I got Lavinia, Azorius Renegade. Um, this could kind of stop. I don't know. Omnis omniscience decks. Uh, I'm guessing. She's really good against uh, Lotus Field, yeah. Yeah, against Lotus Field. So if they, you know, if no mana was spent to cast it, it's countered, and they can't cast spells with uh, greater than the number of lands they control. So you know why not? I got one yeah, of those. Yeah, they lose a lot of lands, so that's a good one. Uh, I decided to add in Niambi, a seemed speaker, which is M21 Flash Two One. This is uh, uh, Teferi's daughter, I believe. Maybe it's his wife. I can't remember. Uh, the story, but uh, so whenever she enters the battlefield, you can return another target creature you control to its owner's hand so she helps kind of like save your other legendary creatures and then you can discard a legendary card so you have an extra mox amber for example um you can toss that and you get to draw two cards so she's kind of uh a uh, an engine of sorts i have shauna sisay's legacy because uh she gets plus one plus one uh, for each creature you control and i'm playing 30 creatures in this deck since she's a you know <laughs> two mana and she also can't be the target of spells or abilities uh, I have Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Just abilities, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, she's not that good. Net spells, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Um, you know, maybe this will make my collected company or, or Mox Amber a little bit, uh, you know, heavier. But who cares? It's fine. And I only got two of Thalia in there. Uh, I have Alicia, who smiles at death. So she is uh, a three-two first striker for three, and whenever she attacks, you can pay. A black or a white, and if you do, you can return a, a creature with power two or less from the graveyard uh, to the battlefield tapped and attacking, which brings back almost everything in this deck. Um, 
I have Anathens of the Foremost, who's a 4-4 that exiles cards when they get into, go into the graveyard. I have three General Kudro, who pumps up all of your other humans, but also acts as some kind of graveyard hates, because whenever you play him uh, and another human enters the battlefield, I'm, get, I'm guessing if you collected company him into play with another human, it would trigger, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd yeah, get both, two both, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Judith, of course, whenever your creatures die, they can kill another creature, but she's also a legendary human shaman. Um, uh, I have Minsk, because why not? So uh, he's a 3-3. Three, three, uh, Nyat says one green, white, and a, a red, and he gets a 1-1 one, one hamster token with trample and haste when he comes into play. And then you have all the extra mana, you know, from Contilda and stuff like that, for example, if you have her in play. So you make a, uh, you give a creature uh, base power and toughness XX, and it becomes a giant. Uh, so you can do that to any of your other, you know, uh, humans, or you can just do it to the, to the, to the hamster there. Uh, I have Tajik to kind of protect against, um, uh, how can I say, uh, damage, board wipes yeah. that deal like, damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angers of the gods like that. and stuff like that. And then if you're if the board is stalled somehow, you have you still have a dragon claw, dragon claw four two trample three mana. She's from Fate Reforged, and you can pay black. There's a red and blue. Uh, beginning of combat, and you can gain control of target creature, and you uh, keep control of that creature basically if you pay that three mana. For, um, for a turn, right? It's like an act of treason. You gain control of an less than a fiduciary. Oh, till the end of the turn. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was keep. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, that, I haven't seen that card seeing any play. So that is the main part. And then, of course, the non legendary cards. I have Thalia's Lieutenant because, you know, you have all these humans and that's going to put counters on it and it's going to get counters whenever a new one comes into play. And I also have General's Enforcer, which makes legendary humans indestructible. So it's basically having like four selfless spirits in here. And, you know, they can't be destroyed. And you can also pay four mana with that card. It's a 2-3, by the way, for two mana. And it can exile a card from a graveyard and then you can get a 1-1 human soldier, which is another way to, you know, uh, um, get bonuses for your Thalia's lieutenant or create a board, you know, to make, you know, uh, how can I say? Uh, have them on the sink. You know? Mana with yeah. Tilda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sideboard, I got a couple more humans. I have Giant Killer for your, you know, big mono green decks. Got Apostle of Purifying Light against graveyard decks. Containment Priest when you want to worry about cards coming back. I don't know if someone's I, doing. I'm, I would I, not I, play this one in the collected company deck. Well, I just okay. I would get I would get rid of collected company maybe and just put that in there Ooh. instead. Well, I'm not sure. I just thought you know why it's a human. I'll just you know <laughs> if I'm if I'm the worst collected company deck, I'll use that. Uh, dire tactics for uh, uh, you know if you have a human to exile something, elite spellbinder to get rid of cards from people's hands, and scab plan berserker to. Uh, uh, what was it um, for the Lotus Field or like combo decks? Whew, I'm so sorry. That was a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, a lot of one-ons here. Yeah. Why don't you go first, Claudio? I've got a lot that I've been thinking of saying here, but I'll I'll let you take the first dig into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was like this. The the new land is strong for sure, and it kind of enables this deck. I'm I'm pretty sure the the mana here is going to work out for the most part. Because you just have to... Yeah, on that I did want to say this does really show off that the secluded courtyard can tap to use abilities of mm-hmm. these creatures. So I was like looking at, you know, there's a Sova Dragon Claw. It's a green creature, but it's got a red and blue activated oh, ability. No, so you, you can't, you, 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 can't, you can't use uh, that for your Sova. It's a triggered ability. Uh, is it a activated ability? Yeah, yeah, uh, that is... Yeah, but cast or activate <clears throat> ability you're right yeah, yeah but you can use that like for tajik you can use that for um, there's a lot of ones in here that have like uh, N- general yeah so maybe maybe we have to cut drat yusova but the rest of them mm-hmm. yeah like if you are playing yusova for the the ability you need to make sure you can actually uh, use it Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a cool take. I was trying to brew a humans deck yesterday, but it, it looks pretty different from from this. I like was playing. I think that the main drive of your deck is the Mox Umber, which is cool. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just trying to build like the, the deck with Mantis Riders, like just the best humans I could could play. But yeah, like, but like the, the mono base that. just worked. It it was. Uh, I didn't play that much with it, but the, the, the it just so shows like how the land is good. In your land. It just, just works. works. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a lot here that I like and a lot that I don't like. You know, I kept going through here. I was like, yeah, Kithy. And then I'm like, oh, Ovia Pashirai. Like, I don't think Oviri is very playable. There's a couple in here that I'm just like, what, why? Like, Nyambi's probably not good. Shauna's probably not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, like, it seems like, you know, you got a lot of fun of in here. And there's a few things that I think are missing. Um, you know, mainly I think there should be some removal in the main deck, even if it means you're not playing a legendary creature for that, like either playing Dire Tactics or putting in the, um, the one the humans plays, the one that exiles, the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those would be just really? fine. You know, even Skyclave if you have mm-hmm. to. Yeah, but then they're not legendaries. That's why I didn't play them. Yeah, I, th- I think it's worth playing. You know, you've got a lot of legendaries yeah. already to turn on your abilities. Uh, I also think I mean, I'm um, I'm one hundred percent. You're not playing sure. one of the most important legendaries. I would have thought, which would be Adeline. Mm-hmm. What's Adeline again? Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's the three mana one white white that's X four, and whenever you attack with any you creature. Um, you make a 1-1 one, one for each opponent. and Yeah, yeah, and it's got the power equal to the number of creatures oh, you control. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one's really good. And I, I did look at this, uh, you, you know, you've got Judith in here. I was like, oh, man, J-Dog with Adeline seems pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. That I could get behind. Um, but a couple of these miscellaneous ones that won't be as powerful, like Minsk, I think you could cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Yasova, we don't think we'll be able to activate. There's one other that I, I kind of wanted to see in here. You know, it's not a Coco hit, but Halana and oh. Elena. That's, um, they're a powerful card so that's the four mana two three human ranger it's got first strike reach and beginning of your combat you put x plus one plus one counters on another creature you control where that's their power and that creature gets haste so it's not a coco hit but it's a really strong human legendary card in your colors mm-hmm. yeah i didn't even consider anything that was over three because i was doing coco yeah so yeah yeah, I mean, you've got 30 Coco hits. That's already uh, pretty good. You could, you could cut that a couple and not, not be too worried. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the, the bad part of Mox, about Mox Ember, right? You kind of need to play bad cards just to enable it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... Like Ovia. Uh, yeah, like Ovia. Like, it's a pretty cool idea, though. Be- because, like, I, I don't agree that much that you said that Ovia shouldn't be here. I think once you're doing this, you have to, to have like one mana legends, so you can just go one mana legend on turn one and turn uh, two, or like if you can play your mocks in a tree drop, something like that, so you can just be more explosive. Okay, I guess so. And like this is like mm-hmm. tiny leaders almost, right? Yeah. <laughs> you I go. should have called it five color tiny leaders. <laughs> you could have thrown Ishin in here too. There you go. Hey, Ishin plus a. Uh... Adeline seems decent. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. Let, let's uh, move on to another deck list here. Do you have anything more to say or anything you want to add, having thought about it? Oh, y- me? you're missing a really oh. strong legend, I think, in this deck. Uh, at least in this, for the cyber slot. Uh, I really like combo right now. Mm, combo, yeah. I was thinking of that, actually. I considered it. Yeah, it's it's even a legend for your max numbers, and it's like it has a pretty good effect. So I'd probably drop the Scab Clan Berserker just because it's also kind of anti-combo. Uh, mm-hmm. so. yeah. Or I could do 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys want to go you want to go next year? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll take one next. Um, you know, I've got two brews here, and I think, you know, just if people have been watching any coverage or anyone who's been streaming it, it looks like both of these decks are already starting to see play, maybe not in the configuration. Uh, but I want to look first at an Abzan Vehicles list. And... Um, it's only a little bit green. I guess I actually spashed some green here, but this is a Grease Fang deck. And uh, what people have been really looking at with Grease Fang is they're like, okay, this card looks pretty sweet. Um, so it's the three mana rat in it pilot and beginning of your combat. You return a vehicle from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gets haste. And at the end of your turn, you bounce it back to hand. Um, the big combo there is with Parhelion 2. That thing makes two angels it's a 5-5 flying first strike vigilance so basically it swings for 13 and leaves behind eight power in the air uh which is really 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 strong and then pretty much people have been trying to figure out okay what's the best build around this how do you get parhelion in your graveyard um and what do you do with the rest of your deck and i do think that esper is a good way to go with it uh that gives you some good discard spells it lets you cast your grease fang uh, but what I really liked about splashing green is a Seekus chariot as a second vehicle mm-hmm. option um, so I'm kind of running a core of vehicles. I've got four Parhelion, four Seekus Chariot, and two Sky Sovereign. And I like having those four and five mana vehicles to be able to play kind of like how Winota plays in that, yeah, I've got this combo. I just play this card 
And as soon as turn three, I can be swinging with a huge amount of power that you'll never come back with. But I can also just, you know, play in a Seeker's Chariot, get a bunch of cats, or even, you know, bring it back with Grease Fang, uh, start crewing it with... Uh, I'm playing a bunch of the new lands here. So Mech Hanger mm-hmm. is just an awesome card in this deck. It casts any of our pilots, any of our vehicles. Um, I even think it would probably be possible to splash a Seeker's Chariot in an Esper version of this deck, just based on the power of Mech Hanger. Um, but that's pretty much the list. So the rest of it, I'm trying to find, you know, other ways to be a little bit aggressive, other ways to be disruptive, and ways to get things in our graveyard. I also have a refurbished package in here as an additional way to bring back all these vehicles. Um, so new cards, Hotshot Mechanic. It's a 2-1 that can crew as if it had 4 power. That's just a great aggressive creature. Trades off or it crews any of our vehicles. Um, as far as ways to get things in the graveyard, Collective Brutality is a great way to get them out of your hand. Grizzly Salvage, it lets you find your Grease Fang as well as putting cards in your graveyard. Seder Wayfinder, kind of the same. Um, I was just looking for one more effect to put a bunch of cards in the graveyard. That helps find you lands, and with the new spell lands, that even can find you some uh, action later in the game. So like Buseju, Iganjo, Finding the Mech Hanger, I've even got one Takanuma in here. Mm. Uh, only I've got one more new card too. Is the March of Otherworldly Light uh, has been looking excellent in this deck. It's great against the aggro lists, and this is a kind of list where you're likely to get something like a Refurbish or a Parhelion stuck in your hand. Great to just fire those off with March if you want to to take care of something a little bit bigger mm-hmm. with that additional payment cost. Other than that, um, yeah, sideboard. I've got some things in here. You know, Abrupt Decay takes care of most of the hate. You know, rest in peace things like that as well as the one main deck, Boseju. Um, I've got some more grindy mid-range things if I want to transform into that, like Spellbinder, Trespasser, as well as Sorin, I thought is perfect, is a way to bring back, you know, Grease Fang, who's probably the most important thing to bring back in the deck. Plus give everything lifelink. Hmm. No, I really like how you uh, have uh, Parhelion with the March of the Otherworldly Light. I mean, checking that just, like, lets you exile anything. Like, you could exile a uh, Ulamog with that almost, right? No, it gets... So it's not, for it, it's, card, not, right? it's not the same as the... Uh, yeah, so those were how the um, the shoals work. This is just two per card, no matter what mm-hmm. card it is. Two less. It's only two less? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, only, it's only for two each less card. No oh, card okay, okay. So it's not the total. Okay. Uh, uh, never mind then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was how the shoals worked in the original Kamigawa. But I do like how this is kind of like... Um, Got Pharaoh's gift for for uh, uh, artifacts, basically. You know, Grease Fang basically acts as uh, the gift at three mana, and then you have Refurbish in there, which is you know, this give me mad vibes. You know, like <laughs> Refurbish vibes. Refurbish vibes. Yeah, you know, I see. Like, a, I see a lot of uh, things Pharaoh's in common gift. here from the the God Pharaoh's gift deck. I tried to make work. Like you have the Chariot plus Refurbish, which is a really good mm-hmm. plan B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we got uh, refurbished last time. It was pretty much only for, uh, you know, like the uh, Godfather's Gift, but there's so many other targets that you could use it for in this, and I like that a lot. Uh, I w- I w- yeah, I do also like, you know, Hotshot Mechanic mm-hmm. being a artifact. Yeah. Every once in a while, four mana just to bring back yeah. a 2-1. It's, uh, it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you explain Celestis, like why you have that in there? You know, it's kind of a one-of. I just wanted one more way to be able to discard things from my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great at that, especially in a more grindy game. You'll be getting up a lot of triggers. Um, Grease Fang in particular, you know, at the end, they end up back in your hand. So anything that you can repeatedly discard and draw, Celestis lets you do that. Is there like a bag of holding that lets you discard stuff as well? Yeah, that one exiles, though, okay. so it wouldn't end up in my graveyard. Uh, that, that would be a little bit unfortunate for what this deck's trying to do. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think the mana base also is like really good. I just I love seeing Abzan. You get the Ganjo and Besage mm, yeah. in there. It's nice. <laughs> I was joking, you know, like Rhino crews any of these vehicles, yes. but I don't think I've quite got them in here. I don't think I've got quite got the spot. What do you think, uh, Claudio? Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I'm just trying to wrap my hand around what's happening here. So you discard. <laughs> like I, t- I mean, I think it's. Uh huh. I was gonna go ahead. Like I think for any of the Grease Fang decks to work, you either have to be super consistent at getting the two cards together, or you have to have a really solid plan B. And this looks like to me it's going to in like in the direction of having a, a solid uh, plan B. 
Like you have you have the yeah, shadows. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I was mm -hmm. going for. Okay, mm -hmm. and like that. Yeah, this is going in one of the directions. I I think could be good for the deck for sure. Like you have removal. Yeah, I wanted to take a more off Winota than being like you know faithless looting or faithless mending is the other option, and that's very all in on the combo. Mm -hmm. This would be more that you could, you could grind them out if you have to. Mm. Yeah, I like it a lot. I see people not playing Sky Sovereign in their uh, Grisfang decks, and that's probably a mistake. It's really strong mm. when you get it back, because you can like probably kill two creatures and hit them for six. Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty like that. And it's also nice, uh, all of the vehicles are legendary, which means that they're nice with uh, all of our channel lands. Mm-hmm. Just as a fun thing. Yeah. Okay. I kind of kind of like where you're going with this. Okay. I'm going to pass it off your way. Actually, I think we've, we've looked at this. Can we, can we, can we, we give right? uh, suggestions, like, you know, things we would change? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What else are you looking at for this? So I was kind of wondering, you know, you have Grizzly Salvage in there, and I understand that, you know, because you have five, you know, you want to put as many cards as you can into the graveyard, but I wonder if like Wither Bloom Command from, I mean, it's not instant speed, but like uh, it's the same mana cost, and you get to choose two. You can destroy a creature or a non-creature permanent with mana, mana two or less. You can mill three cards and return a land card from the graveyard if you want. Uh, you can give a target your minus three minus one, or you can make them lose two life, an opponent lose two life, and you gain two life. Would that maybe be? Worth considering. I did try that one out actually. I had had two of them, or two or three of them in this list. I ended up switching them out for the uh, the Wayfinders, mm -hmm. uh, which dug one deeper. I also found that I really did want to fire off my cards to dig early, and Witherbloom Command. If you don't have a good target for it, you know, like draining the opponent two and milling three mm -hmm. tended to be what you ended up doing with it, just because you wanted to fire it off right away. And uh, I think if I'm going to be doing that anyways, I'd rather dig one card deeper with the Wayfinder, have a body around that mm -hmm. can crew something later, etc. Okay, yeah. yeah, That's like the one thing that I would maybe change. That's why I kind of, I played Wayfinder in that uh, Godfather's Gift I was playing as well. Like, having the 1-1 one, one to jump block, it's pretty relevant. Yeah, but I kind of like this. Like, uh, something, I'm not sure you can do this or not, like, Something that I would try to look for in this deck, it's some kind of ramp. So you could actually try mm. to cast your cards. Like the like cast the Sky Sovereign and cast the Perhelion at some point. I'm not sure you can do that. I'm not sure what which card you could play. Yeah, the Sky Sovereign's five. Um, we've got a decent number of lands, and I got the one Celestis's ramp, but I could see that. You know, something that... I'm trying to think what would be a good uh, card. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have the, the answer anything. for you on that, but I, it's something I would like to see. Like, I'm not sure what that card could be. Hmm. All right, Claudio's turn. All right. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can go with the fun one first. Let's go with the the Grixis deck. <laughs> the awesome. the improvised deck. So I, I kind of cheated a little bit here because this is less of a finished deck and more of a deck idea. Mm -hmm. So the the idea here is that uh, like uh, it comes back to the question you you asked at the beginning, like which cards make you excited for brewing. And for me, they they have they have to be like Tazaret and the on the uh, Coat Envil. Mm-hmm. Because the Envy is such a cool card, like it's a sacrifice card that let, that makes bodies and drains your opponent, so it kind it looks kind of great at stalling the game, which is something this decks always I always want to do. Like with the you see that with the cat oven stuff, you just want mm -hmm. to prolong the game as long as possible so you, your synergies can overwhelm your opponent. So only cult have. Yes, so this is the one where every time yeah. you sacrifice a creature, it deals. You, you can tap it a sack and deal one to opponent. And every time, if you sacrifice during your turn an artifact, you make an artifact. Yeah, you basically. make a, yeah, a, a one construct. Yeah. So yeah. He, you see here, like a lot of small synergies. Like you, if you sacrifice the Rajan, you draw a card and you make a one one. You can mm. sacrifice your blood tokens. I have Emery here as well. 
I have that the dispute, a, a card that has looked great in this style of decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the test that looks really good here as well. And uh, I have the Herald of Anguish. You are going to see that this deck is 65 cards. And this is something, that's why kind of I cheat a, li a little bit because I think it's super hard to build these decks. There's so much mm. thing you show, so much you could try to do here. Like you could just try stay black red. You could play Grixis. You could play mono black. Like there's a you could play blue black for thirst for knowledge. Mm. Just like so yeah. many things you can do. So I just threw all the cards together that I think from here I think you can build something that's really good. So you need to optimize more. Yeah, like. It's so. And if you do get a more optimized version before we put out the episode, let me know and I'll, I'll post that mm -hmm. version of it. Yeah. yeah, maybe you can drop an Emery or drop a Tesserit or something. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm looking at starting to start testing with Black Red. So I could cut the blue, the, the blue cards for like uh, maybe Mayhem Devil and the Cat in the Oven. That could be mm -hmm. a, just a solid mm -hmm. start. I mean, honestly, I don't know a lot of these cards. I don't know... Uh, what is Blood Fountain? So Blood Fountain is a one-man artifact that when it comes into play, you make a blood token. So And you oh. can pay four to bring back two creatures from the graveyard to your hand. So, okay. yeah, it's like one mana for two artifacts is really strong when you're looking for just things to sacrifice. And the Harvester puts a blood token into play, right? Yeah, it puts a blood token into play and you yep. can sack it to yeah. kill a creature, basically. So it's synergy with some interaction to the board, which is pretty cool. In, in Deadly Dispute, which one's that again? Yeah, it's two mana for an Intus. That sets yeah, an artifact mm -hmm. or creature. And you draw yeah. two cards and you make a treasure. Okay, so you get to replace it. Okay. Yeah, it's neat to really see these cards. I'm happy to see Herald of Anguish seeing play, even if it's in just a brew. Um, it's cool to see these cards that never see competitive play you know, getting tried out, it's a joy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of stuff going on here. I think the the pool of cards is very deep, and you can do a ton mm -hmm. of stuff with them. It's just a matter of finding the right home, I think. Yeah, Grixis. Yeah, and it's like it's like you said near the beginning mm -hmm. that the new artifacts and the new enchantments really do enable a lot of stuff that wasn't possible mm -hmm. before. Yeah, and Grixis is so so underexplored. I think. Yeah, and I could say, for example, playing a bunch of those cards in the deck I have been playing lately that I have been enjoying a lot, that's the Rakdos Blood deck, because they just fit mm -hmm. really well. They're, yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff you can do here. I'm really excited. I'm guessing you didn't this. change the, the mana base for this either, right? Yeah, yeah, like, but the, the mana base mana black, the, so. mana blade sh the mana base should work pretty well. You have Terrarion, like you, you have Terrarion to fix, yeah. you have uh, like the other stuff. Okay. Uh, Kevin, anything you want to say about this uh, deck? Nope, I've been saying it. looks good. Okay. Uh, we back to me? Yeah, back to you. Is that okay? Yep. All right, so yeah. uh, my second deck, uh, I'm going to talk about my Power Rangers deck. All right. So it's uh, built around the uh, Mech Titan core. So uh, I know that some people have been just try trying to like uh, get it out as fast as possible and... Uh, you know, they want to uh, just kind of like cheese it out, I guess you could say, you know, get it out like a turn three, you know, put all these garbage, really fast uh, artifacts out so you can build it. But um, I actually had some success with, with dwarves in the past, and I had that on one of my other previous uh, brew episodes. So I thought, you know, why not uh, try this as in the, in the Magda shell uh, again? But this time uh, I'm going the Lurus route. Uh, as my companion, and I'm adding in the hotshot mechanic. So this is becoming more of a of a vehicles deck, red-white vehicles, than uh, dwarves, but it still has that synergy because uh, Toolcraft Exemplar is still a really good card, really aggressive card, and it crews very well um, You know, during your, your attack phase. So you know, I got that in there. I got Magda because she makes treasures, which are going to help you to cast or uh, to sacrifice for a Mech Titan core when you get it into play. She also searches up the Mech Titan core um, if you, uh, uh, how could I say, uh, if you don't have it in your hand. Uh, we got SRAM because we're playing a lot of, of uh, 
vehicles. Uh, vehicles. So he's going to be able to draw you a lot of cards, but he also gets the uh, the dwarf bonus from Magda, and also creates the uh, the tokens. And we also got veteran motorist, which uh, gives the plus one plus one to vehicles and scry, so it helps to uh, fix your your mana a bit. Um, the artifacts that I'm using, so we got Consulate Dreadnought, Portable Hole, Colossal Plow, Heart of Kirin, Mech Titan Core, and Reckoner Bankbuster in the main. I kind of feel like maybe I need to have more vehicles. It feels maybe a little bit, uh, low. Um, Consulate Dreadnought and Colossal Plow. In the other vehicles decks, they're really easy to kind of like cheat in, how can I say it, to cheat activate. By like you know having some kind of effect that turns them on. Uh, this one you actually actually will probably have to do it by using like your hotshot mechanics and toolcraft exemplars. But you could definitely, you know, you can crew for seven on turn two if you throw down a hotshot mechanic and a, an exemplar after playing a turn one consulate dreadnought. So that's not that's not so much of a problem I think. Um, but yeah, you have two dreadnoughts, two plows, two hardy cairns, four cores and uh four reckoner bank busters and then sideboard we have uh i have a sky sovereign i have the surge hacker mech uh i have uh lion slash because uh you know i want to have some ways to uh kind of deal with um uh, the graveyard but i also want to have uh more artifacts in my deck that i can search up with uh with magda and uh I have glass casket for that same same reason Pithing Needle to turn off other activated abilities. Damping Sphere, Graph Digger's Cage. So yeah, this is just a first uh, a first try. But uh, you know, if you guys have any suggestions, you know, how can I take this to the next level? What would you guys suggest? Should it be Luris deck? Should it not be Luris deck? What do you think? That's that's definitely one of the first questions I had is whether this should be Luris deck. And you know, I love Luris. It's often not wrong to play Luris, so I don't know if I can complain here. Um it's a tough question. I and mean, I think that you've got a lot of the shell here that other people are trying and I think is worth trying. You know, Toolcraft Exemplar, Hotshot Mechanic, Magda, maybe SRAM. SRAM might be a little slow in this, but uh Veteran Modist for sure. All of these and then these artifacts that you can crew for cheap. Um the one that you're not playing is the cow the uh, the giant yeah. ox i'm not sure yet if you you know maybe, maybe it's that hey we've got good enough creatures that now we can yeah, cut that mechanic. but it is also really really good when you do have you know the nut draw consulate dreadnought into the ox is just a very strong opener mm-hmm. and i get rid of sram for that maybe yeah that's an option yeah we'll i think i think magda is like good enough by itself with the two crafts that you can and the, the pilots that or the motorists that you can just cut this ram i think mm-hmm. yeah maybe just like play what about uh what do you think about luris claudio do you think it should be a luris deck or you know if you're playing magda I, i'm glad you're not running a bunch of like expensive artifacts that you'll never actually find in mm-hmm. here but i don't know if you're running magda maybe you want your one ember clean yeah, or something yeah i was considering that but you know i thought you know, I want to just make this into a Mech Titan deck, and I don't think Mech Titan lets you really sacrifice non-vehicle decks as artifact creature or uh, vehicles only. So I wanted to max out on those. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, so I saw that Connorman was playing a pretty similar strategy, and he said that he really likes to not have lures so he could play Dragon Lord, Dragon Lord Attack and Embercleave. Mm-hmm. How? Or I think he was actually running uh, Gigantha as a companion, so he couldn't run Embercleave. But I, I know, yeah, he did have a couple of tutor options mm-hmm. for the, for yeah, the but like Lures is just pretty good, so it's probably worth it to have it. Um, You're not playing... I'm not sure you can play this land, but the land re- looked really good. Uh, the mech hanger, I think it's co- what's called. Yeah. Do I need it? I don't think you have it. Yeah, the one I was just showing out but here. Do I need it? It's kind of it, really. What, good. What's really nice about it is the fact that it can just crew yeah. sometimes. Uh-huh. Like it's. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So like even if you have creatures yeah. to crew it, sometimes you are going to be empty-handed. And what you can do, you can just crew your vehicle with your land and attack with the creature that would actually crew it. Mm-hmm. So. 
It also plays like most of your cards. Yeah, so. and you probably go to some mountains <laughs> or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I think this strategy is more... Like, I'm not sure about the, the, Mech, the Mech Titan core. I think that's probably just a meme. But this strategy overall is way better than it was before, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if it were me, I would go more all in on like the Consulate Dreadnought, the Colossal Plow, and if you want to play Mech Titan Core, maybe play one of them. So like, use Mech Titan Core as the thing you search with, uh, with Magna, basically. You don't need uh, four. Maybe, maybe not. That would be a pretty crowded battlefield if you had you know multiple artifacts, multiple um, dwarves. But you know, it just is something that could show up. I think that would be fine, but maybe not building the whole strategy around and it because there's a lot of powerful things you're already doing. Now that I look at it, like. You have to sacrifice five vehicles or creatures to uh, activate the Mech core. I don't think I have enough. Like, so what you could I do, definitely... like, you could play one of them. So when the time mm-hmm. is right, you can search it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I need to go down to, like, two of those and then add, like, I don't know, two more plows or or something like that. And then have like well, and keep in mind if if the the Voltron dies, you do get them back. Yeah. Other than the Mech Titan core, yeah. But I don't have enough. Them. That's what I'm saying. Like I like if I had all four of these in play, there's no way I could sacrifice that many vehicles for them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you're not gonna ever get more than one. It's also legendary. Yeah. No, is it? Oh the le- oh the yeah the uh, token is legendary. Yes, the the token is legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Again, I'm glad I could uh, speak this out loud you know or talk talk this out uh, with you guys so uh i realized my folly <laughs> yeah the second mech titan's core is going to feel pretty pretty weak yeah. okay okay that's that's some good feedback thanks guys uh Claudio all right or uh, i think i was gonna go next uh-huh. with um i think you guys all expect this from me i've been talking about light pause pretty much non-stop so I want to start by saying that I did try light paws in pretty much every color. Um, you know, we talked about white black, I think is where the auras deck was before this season. And with light paws specifically, um, so one thing is that, you know, we, we're pretty sure that Kaya's ghost form is still bugged on Modo. That would be the big draw to playing black. Mm-hmm. And if I can't really do that on Modo, I'm not too excited to do so right now. The other thing that black really added was the, the black idol on the one mana one. That's a really good card for a grindy Auras deck, but I feel like with Light Paws, it's almost not as necessary just because you're you're such an almost combo deck because of the strength of Light Paws. So I, I kind of moved away from black. I looked at blue. Blue adds a lot of powerful things. There's a lot of good two drops in blue. Uh, the, you know, the Staggering Insight is like a lifelink and a curiosity effect. There's the Rune or the Cartouche that both give flying and draw a card. Um... So that has some powerful two drops. I ended up, the one of the ones that I like the most here is this red-white light pause. Um, so all the versions, really the core, I think, is like, you know, Selfless Savior, Light Paws, SRAM, and the Elseed are like your creature core. Maybe 20 lands, and then just a whole bunch of good enchantments. And most of them are, you know, the same. You're going to play four of the all the Glitters. You're going to play four of the Ethereal Armor. What's nice in the red is some of these specific ones. So um, at one mana, there's both Hammerhand and Cartouche of Zeal. They're pretty much the same card. When they enter, it gets plus one, plus one, and haste to the creature. Well, yeah, it just gives plus one, plus one, and haste to the creature. And when it enters, it makes a target creature not be able to block this turn. Um, so that's just really nice to give your deck some speed, let your light paws come into play and immediately smash. Mm-hmm. As well as it's really nice bringing it back with Luris. It's good just you know to turn any of your creatures into a threat. You can you know kill someone from an empty board pretty much with light paws just because of how explosive he is. As well as taking out blockers. I also like I've got a one of consuming fervor in here that as a plus three plus three for one mana. It's one of your biggest buffs of power outside of the ethereal armor. Um, so you know like ethereal armor grabbing that that's just a huge amount of power onto the board. And it's probably one of your best ways to get, like, turn three kills or just uh, the maximum damage out. The other thing that Red White gets to do, um, the mana here is a little bit sketch, but Chain to the Rocks is just a really good card. And unlike the other versions, I can kind of feel good about playing that main deck. And what that does for you is, you know, just gives you removal. It lets you interact, which the other versions don't really do. And it does still work with Light Paws. You can't find Chain to the Rocks with Light Paws, but if you play a Chain to the Rock, it still triggers Light mm-hmm. Paws and you can find something attached to him. So... Uh, you know, it also triggers SRAM, so it's just a good card to have in general and for the strategy. 
I like it. I like the. Uh, it's kind of like heroic for uh, for auras almost. Yeah, I think uh, this this deck. Certainly, other people are trying it out. I'd say you know go ahead and give it a try. It's not too expensive online. Some really powerful things you can do, and uh, light pause wins the game very quickly if it sticks around for even one turn. So that that's worth trying out. I also uh, uh, as a kind of fun sideboard thing. You know, I get to play Deathwing Clarion as a cool card, and for the aggro mirrors, Curse of Shaken Faith mm-hmm. is another aura that is really good against the Lotus field deck. Um, Redcap Melee is, you know, another anti-aggro. Got, like, Adanto and Apostle for the various control decks. Um, and, and then, you know, got a shout-out to Claudio. I got that one of Guild Scorn Ward, if you know what that card does. No, protection from Multicolored. <laughs> yep, for one mana. It's the anti-Claudio <laughs> card. Got- yeah, got a got a shout out to our you know our Niv and enigmatic <laughs> player. That's funny. That's pretty hateful. So fun. Uh, I was gonna ask you. There was like a red card that uh, when you play, like you can put any number of auras from your graveyard into play attached to it. Is is that three mana though? That is three mana. Yeah, this is Storm Herald. There's a bit of a combo deck with him. I don't think. Uh, you... I don't think it's worth losing Luris. Luris is so important in a deck with just so few creatures, you... as well as being a deck where you kind of want to draw. You know, the right halves of your deck. Luris gives a lot of dependability and reliability there. Could, it, could you use it in your sideboard though? I think you could. I think that Tyrant of Tales was trying a version with it in the main. You know, I think I had chipped in my list, and he wanted to try out that card specifically. Um, I'm not as big on it. Okay, it just seems like it'd be kind of surprising. You know, like you play that. It's haste, right? Yes. So it's like a one-two with haste. I want to say. Yeah. So like that'd be really surprising. It gets control. Like you know, I know you have a Danto Vanguard, Vanguard in there, but you know, maybe get rid of like one of those or one of the Curse of Shaken Faith and. Have two of those, and then bam, get everything back and attack for like 30 in one turn. Yeah, maybe. The jig would be up when I don't reveal Luris, though. Oh, yeah. You have to do that in the uh, second game, or you don't do it the first game? Every game. game. Okay. Claudia, what do you think? Yeah. Anything you want to say? The Light Pulse is one of those cards that allows, like, for a lot of nice deck building options. Like it gives you like the tutor, uh, the tutor, tutor effect, the tutor effect yeah. uh, type of cards. So it's pretty interesting. I I was thinking about like more blue reds. Oh, sorry, uh, black white and blue, blue whites white. for auras. But hmm. this kind of this is kind of interesting as well. I had not thought about white. Like hammerhand is a is an interesting card as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hammerhands and Cartouche of Zeal—they're pretty much the same card, uh, but it is important to run one of each because you want to have you know with White Paws. If it's the same name, you can't find a second mm-hmm. copy of it. Nice, nice. Yeah, we, and luckily we have like thirty-two different functional reprints of cards, so you know we can definitely just grab something that does the exact same thing but just has a different name. No problem. Yeah, and it lets you play fewer of cards like Griff's Boon because you'll always have it in the right time when you need it to give that flight, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Very budget as well. It is, Aside yeah. from the lands. Uh, yeah, I've got a few Aganjo in here. So here I'm kind of pushing the limit on how many Aganjo you can run. I'm running three, and I think it's reasonable. You know, most of our creatures are already legendary. You really don't need to go past three mana ever. So uh, Ganjo turning into a kill spell is just some nice interaction that otherwise the deck doesn't have a lot of. Okay. Uh, Head back to Claudio then for his second one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we can talk about Incarnation, which is the deck that for me gains a lot, like it's one of the that gained a lot of cards, and it was kind of obvious so for me at least since I I kind of play this archetype a lot mm-hmm. so yeah so tell us about all the updates and how they work mm-hmm. okay so like one of the new cards I'm playing we can go like by mana cost here uh, the first one is Spirited Companion it's a dog for two mana it's a 1-1 one, one that draws a card when it enters, the, enters play and it's an enchantment creature so why this card is good is it's good because the deck 
kinda wants to play a 2 mana creature that you can get off chain to the rocks that provides some kind of advantage because I don't know, chain to the rocks can be dead in some games you can just not mm -hmm. have a target or they can sacrifice a creature in response or whatever so it's really nice to you can mm -hmm. get a token with it's it it's really nice yeah. to have that so the, the deck used to play charming prince or fibofib and those cards are fine mm -hmm. but what the dog has that they don't it's it's an enchantment creature which means that you can su suck a uh, one drop to get it and you can suck it mm -hmm. to get a three drop so and that's super important for for like for the uh, incarnation so you can just turn mm -hmm. the dog into something else yeah uh like it seems like a small thing but it uh, trust me it's pretty important for this deck uh the other new card i'm playing is jukai naturalist naturalist kind of the same thing as the dog this card is ex uh, existed before there's plenty of creatures that reduce your enchantment cost for uh, by one but none of them were enchantments themselves so he just helps you continue your chain never run out of enchantments to play which is something mm -hmm. pretty cool they like this card is really good when you don't have access to fires because it just allows you to do stuff faster which is something really important for this deck you can also like it's just a, it's also a lifelinker so it's really good in agro. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. I think this card, I, I I I joked on Twitter that this card was just uh, <laughs> one Slayer's uh, split card with Black Lotus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what it's replacing here is really the Wolf yeah. Havens mm -hmm. as your ramp spell, but now it's a creature, a life linker. Out, yeah, I like that. All right, so that's that's it for two for like for two drops for three drops. I'm playing uh, Tatsunari Toad Rider. So this card is a 3-3 that when you cast an enchantment, if you don't control a, f a frog, you make a legendary frog that's also a 3-3 that has the text. When you cast an enchantment, you drain your opponent for one. Mm. So this, nice. this card kind of does a lot for 3 mana if you think about it. It's like 6 power for 3 and I'm mm -hmm. testing it out and has been really good so far. It also has an activated ability to give kind of kind, flying, yeah. but yeah, only for attacks. Kind of yeah. gives flying. The treetop effect, I want to say it's called. The treetop effect. Hmm. Uh, here, I'll, you, you keep talking. I'll, I'll pull up why I said that. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, Gloom Shrieker. Yeah, I'm right? also, I'm also playing Gloom, Gloom Shrieker, which is a new card. It's a 3-mana enchantment creature that's a uh, witness. It gets back up, uh, gets back uh, permanent from your graveyard to your hands. Uh, I forgot, was it anything or was it only, only permanent? Like two mana or only permanent, only permanent. but it's okay. any any cost, which is like every card okay. in the deck. Every card is yeah, a permanent. Very nice. Um, so get back the card you just sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really good because it it allow it's also something the deck never had before. Uh, good through mana enchantment creature that you wanted to play so you could get a further creature which was kind of hard to so do it, before so you still have renegade rallyer in here is there just some situations where you want groom the uh, gloom shrieker and some where you want rallyer mm -hmm. like for example if my yoiron has died and i want to buy mm -hmm. it back it's really good with there and i can blink the gloom shrieker again to get another card Okay. So it's okay. it's pretty good. Mm, it's nice. pretty good, and that's it for the main deck. And in the sideboard, I'm trying. This card is a bit more, uh, more of a speculation, but I'm trying the uh, Kotos, the Silent Spider. So it's a five mana creature that when it she enters play, you get to exile something from the graveyard. Basically, you cast a surgical extraction. Mm -hmm. But you get to cast the cards you, you exile, so she does the distraction effect, and you she also provides some card advantage. Yeah. Sounds really good against yeah, and Yeah, and the idea <laughs> that she's too slow for the combo decks because she's a five mana card, but the idea is that she's really good uh, against like the slower mid range and control decks, even like Phoenix, 
because you can start to steal like just value cards. You can steal a treasure cruise. You can steal expressive iteration. If mm-hmm. you can, if you get to hit a phoenix, that's great. You can remove the phoenix from the deck, and you can also nice, blink nice. this card a lot. So in this deck, so you can exile multiple cards. Nice, nice. I like it. Yep. Okay, so I, I posted in the chat here, uh, Treetop Scout. There used to be a handful of these kind of effects back in the days of creature, like green creatures that could attack as if they had flying, but can't block as if they had flying. Kind of like reverse so, reach. Yeah, when you said Treetop, I was thinking about Treetop Village and was like, I'm not sure what that means by this. Oh, yeah. So this deck looks a lot more uh, efficient now. Like you said, you know, adding Jukai Naturalist and Spirited Companion, you know, it's a little bit more optimized. It has more synergy. So I know you just started testing it, but I mean, does it seem like it's a little bit better now? Like it's easier to uh, chain things together? Yeah, for sure. Like the Naturalist feels super strong when, when like the downside of playing Naturalist instead of Wolf Halo is that it's a creature that can get killed. So there, mm-hmm. there's that, and like the new cards feel feel good. I had a, I had some really cool games involving the the sideboard card, the the Kutose. and yeah, I'm still trying to figure things out for the most part. But I I'm, I feel really happy, and there's like a bunch of other cards that I have not tried yet that I, mm-hmm. I could see trying. So yeah, I'm really happy with like how the deck is progressing, to be honest. Looks like it's in a good position. So, Kevin, you had your two, right? Uh, I have one more I just posted, but we're running lower on time, so let's go quick on our last two. You and me, each So I have one more, and this is just an update to the Jeskai Insult deck that made top eight of the uh, God of Frontier, sorry, God of Pioneer Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Hallelujah in January. Uh, so basically, uh, it's an insult deck uh, running all three colors. So you get your, you know, Ornithopter, Stone Coil, um, and uh, it's got Shrapnel Blast in there, Ghostfire Blade, Portable Hole, Springleaf Drum, Black Black Staff of Water Deep, Insult Artifact. You get all that stuff. It's a Lurish deck. And I said I had wanted to try out uh, Lion Slash. I got two of those in there in Lizard Blades. Just uh, you know, putting a, a insult on them or making them five fives. Uh, could uh, really, really uh, add some, how can I say, it could make it trickier for some of your bad... Sorry. Some spice. Yeah, well, it's spicy, but also uh, uh, maybe like Lizard Lizard Blades turning into a 5-5, five, five, or sorry, not 5-5, five, five, but a double striker that hits for like 8 or 9 damage is great. Um, so that's basically the only changes I made to, to the deck from uh, the new set. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, is that slowing it down too much adding line slash and lizard blades to uh insole or do you think it could work hmm interesting i'm almost hesitant to like i have two bone mat and two gingerbread here but i think maybe two four gingerbread might be best if i'm going to be adding in uh equipment just so i can put that on gingerbread and make it unblockable would that be better you think yeah i think the line slash is Hmm. kind of slow for what you're trying to do at least in the first game I could see it being a good sideboard card mm-hmm. like you're playing Shrapnel Blast you want to get them dead so I would probably pl- pl- play more Lizard Blades mm-hmm. yeah that sounds good to me there's also a few more cards I wouldn't mind seeing you try out here I think Eater of Virtue should definitely be maybe a one of in the deck which one's that again? so that's the new Bone Splitter but if a creature that is equipped to dies, so it, you know it's one mana to play, one mana to equip, it's plus two plus zero. If the creature it's equipped to dies, then it uh, gets exiled, and any abilities that creature had stay on the uh, the bone splitter permanently. So you know your ornithopter dies, you get flying. Uh, your bowman courier, your ginger brute dies, yeah. it gets haste. Um, you've got reach trample protection from multicolored. You've got double strike. Uh, if something really weird happens, yeah, you can yeah. even get indestructible on it. Lifelink from Luris. So, like, there's a lot of things that would be good on it as kind of it's a, a freebie, yeah. as like an upgrade to one of your. Uh... Maybe get rid of uh, one of the um, the other things, the uh, blade, Ghostfire Blade. Yeah, yeah, I think it replaces a Ghostfire Blade or is the fifth Ghostfire Blade. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea, actually. I might try that out. More Ghostfire Blades and more. 
Lizard blades. Check. All right. Got it written down. All right. Uh, anything more you want to add on that one if we're wrapping up our last lists here, kind of our fun ofs? Uh, that's all I wanted to say. I mean, do you have anything you want to say, uh, Claudio? Yeah, I, don't, do I, I think that's kind of it. I'll just try to stay more aggressive in the, in the main actor. Yeah. Cool, cool idea. Lizard blades then. Okay. All right. Uh, so I got one more spicy one I, I posted here. I didn't want to ruin the surprise. Um, I had some more, you know, real brews, but I had to do at least one, you know, kind of out of left field brew featuring a couple of new Neo cards. So there was this deck back a while ago um, that people were calling Dagger Burn. So there's this card, Dousing Dagger. It's a two mana artifact. It's an equipment. And when it comes into play, your opponent makes two zero two plants. Um, And then it's supposed to be like, oh, once you cut through the plants, you can flip it over and it makes it's like, you know, taps for three mana. Um, but they played that with things like Trespasser's Curse, which whenever a creature open enters the battlefield on your opponent's side, they lose a life and you gain a life. Huh. Um, so those kind of form the combo of the deck. And then we recently got two more effects that actually help with this uh, this deck. So one of them is this Tribute to Hirobi. It makes a rat in your opponent's control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does this on one and two. And then it turns into a 3-3 three, three flyer and gains control of all those rats. So you get them all back and you can sacrifice them to draw cards you can get some damage into the air. It's kind of just a nice beater. It also holds the dousing bagger really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other creature here is Rampaging Ferocidon. You know, also holds the dagger well and also deals them damage when creatures come to play. Uh, and then a few of the other effects they run here is they run like Clackbridge Troll. That one makes three goats in your opponent's control. Uh, we run Panharmonicon so that it doubles both sides of it. So, you know, you have Panharmonicon in play. You play the dagger. Now it makes four plants hmm. and each of those four plants triggers your trespassers curse twice so that's eight damage uh then the one other new card that i also want to try here is the aganjo uprising mm-hmm. so this makes a whole bunch of samurai under your opponent's control if you cast it for a bunch of mana which you can definitely do with a uh, dousing dagger flipped over mm-hmm. that's pretty much the list um one have some fun with it you know i get to play thought Seize fatal push it can't be the worst deck in the world and really you just want to kind of bear them wear them down deal them a lot of damage uh and i don't know what, did, what do you think of i this? think you're an absolute madman and i love it yeah this looks pretty <laughs> cool yeah i remember seeing this in frontier this is hilarious i love it yeah and uh you know meat hook massacre is another kind of new card that you know not from the latest set but i think adds to this strategy a lot because there's a lot of small creatures mm-hmm, that'll be dying mm-hmm. and it's a you know main deck sweeper you can play yeah yeah i mean that that's one thing that i would say could be the problem is that you don't have enough uh removal you, know, you get dread board fatal push yeah and then i guess meat hook uh, maybe you can go up another meat hook but i guess it depends on what you're playing against so yeah that's fair yeah i like it it's good i thought you were gonna do red white um equipment but i guess not i i wasn't you know i, I will shout out that just it's something i've been messing around with is that uh weapons trainer mm-hmm. i think is from ooh, maybe zendikar uh-huh. like return to zendikar um it's a three two that if you control an equipment all other creatures get plus one plus zero mm-hmm. so it's really good with the equipment creatures you know you play a lizard blade and it's a two one double striker now nice. or uh you know any of them makes it really good so that i've been messing around with a couple ways to do that but i don't have a, a finished list right now nice nice all right uh yeah i'm i'm good to go uh you guys want to wrap this up then and i know you're running out of time kevin so yeah i'm okay on time just wanted to keep us to a reasonable listening length uh anything else to add otherwise i'll bring us into our show yeah i'm good all right thank thank you guys for joining us thank you claudia for your list thank you ryan for uh doing some good brewing with us I always enjoy these quite a bit. If you guys want to hear more about Pioneer, if you want to stay up to date with whatever everyone else is doing, where people are finding success, we are going to be tweeting a lot of Pioneer uh, in the upcoming weeks, especially with lots of people playing it. So uh, follow us at MTG Pioneer. It's the best best place to stay up to date. Uh, And you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, YoJapanHobbyist. So, uh, yeah, if you have some cool lists, I definitely would love to see them in the Discord. So pop on in there and uh, drop off your favorite list or if you just saw someone else that posted a list and you want to update it or you just like it throw it in there you know we got a content link channel i think you can throw that in there and we'll check those out i'm more than happy to to look through all the new stuff coming out absolutely and claudio yeah how about you You yeah you can find me at uh, claudio hntg on twitter i i'm looking at like a lot of new decks right now I'm, i'm retweeting what i can find 
uh, like about people playing cool new decks and stuff. So I also mm-hmm. talk about binary, and you can give me a follow. So hard to choose. So hard to choose. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. We wouldn't be here for your support. Uh, make sure to also check out, while I'm shouting out some things, uh, the new Playing Pioneer website is a place that uh, a number of the podcasts are getting together. We are just to host some. Anyone who wants to get content on Pioneer or present content on Pioneer, you know, we're hosting articles, giving all kinds of great information, as well as links to a lot of streamers content creators, etc. Just as uh, one place to find all your Pioneer content. But we are your first Pioneers podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. We're tapping out.